थ्री टू वन एंड वी आर लाइव सो टूडे वी हैव विथ अस मिस्टर पुष्पक मिस्टर पुष्पक सो क्रू प्लीज इंट्रोड्यूस योर सेल्फ टू द पीपल हु डोंट नो यू एज सच शेयर हेलो एवरीवन आई एम पुष्पक आई एम करेंटली प्रोडक्ट मैनेजर एट मोइंगेज इन द स्ट्रेटजी टीम prior to this i have about 5 years of work experience uh, working at mostly with b2b saas companies like cisco and origo uh, and i also consult or say interned with few b2c startups in 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 their very early stage uh, some examples are uh, truckbook 8 it's it's a startup on music space and education wise i studied my bachelor's from bichplani then i did an online masters in computer science from georgia tech and uh, most recently i did my mba or post graduation in uh, technology business management from masters union uh, i'm part of the first cohort of masters union so yeah that's that's brief for professional and academic introduction from me thank you for that and so the other day i was conversing with my friend and he asked me okay what is product management and what is it exactly you do so after giving him a big explanation in detail what a product manager does and what product management basically is he was he was like okay can you just frame it in one line in layman's terms and tell me what it is so i was i told him like okay a product manager is basically someone who is a problem solver at scale and who has to think from the users point of view and make sure that the user's experience is better than it previously was and you still i did he was like okay i did get it but at the same time i didn't so how do you explain product management to a lay person um sure i mean of course uh, you you did a decent job there with with, with the, the one liner you gave uh, i i go back to the article from uh, i think brandon chooz when is who who wrote this uh, he talks about first principles of product management i mean how would you explain product management to a layman um so he kind of gives product management to two lenses right one is a right brain thinker and a left brain thinker so how it boils down is product manager is someone who understands what the goal is when i say goal goal of the company goal of other teams that work with you and your own team's goals right then he understands what the environment is signaling what's the customer telling you what's the market telling you and uh, see no matter if you have a brilliant team and you have a amazing product but if your customer is not able to use it you're not getting anywhere and third most important is what people money time constraints exist Uh, so you, you might want to say build a rocket and move it to uh, mars or whatever planet uh, but if you don't have brilliant people the tank kind of money the time the technology you can build it so how you can marry all these things together once you understand the goal once you get what the environment is telling you and you get a sense of what resource constraints you have how can you work towards all of them and build something that your customers appreciate and uh, that that aligns with the goal of company and team right so that essentially is what a product manager does i hope that that uh, answers or that helps you understand yeah yeah definitely i really like the way you articulated uh, those sentences and basically covered everything there is regarding product management within you know those few lines you mentioned So my uh, next question is, what does a typical workday for a product manager look like? Um, it's it's see, there's no single answer to this, right? Uh, it depends on three things majorly: what stage your company is in, and what type of your company. For example, if you are a, are you a B two C company in its early stage, or are you a say a B two B company uh, in in growth stage, or or So you kind of achieved your product management, uh, product market fit. You have your top hundred paying customers. Uh, say that that's probably one kind of stage you might be, right? And and uh, so it it kind of depends on these parameters. For example, uh, if you are a early stage company, all you need to care about is getting that product market fit right. 
uh, getting customers who use your product on a repeat basis so uh, in that case you are pretty much working with uh, all all the teams that matter say engineering ux go to market teams and and getting a sense of what is working what is not working it, it's a lot on execution phase you probably won't have time to think about what should you do after 6 months because you don't know if if customers don't like your product oh, in, in next month you might have to pivot altogether right so whereas once you achieve that kind of model where uh, you you know it it's, it's working people are using it uh, things are going decent that's when you start thinking on a slightly strategic terms what should you do in the next 6 months in the next 12 months then your calendar kind of changes uh, you you kind of take a slight break from serious execution component maybe you have apms or pms doing that and at a slightly senior level you start thinking around uh, okay what other growth channels to lever and what kind of bold bets you want to take and any any new product or products or product lines you want to have do you want to switch a certain pricing decisions so uh, then you pretty much have meetings with different kinds of people and uh, it, it's a lot of say ppt decks market research etc uh, so these are two different things i have experienced at least uh, when when early stage companies purely execution focused entire days is say starts with a stand up uh, then i have say certain meetings with engineering managers etc in the evening i might have meetings with marketing teams and say probably the executive ceo or whoever founders you are working with uh, giving them updates on how things are going where you are what kind of risks exist uh, etc uh, whereas at the, the later stage you pretty much have a uh, different schedule where you kind of start your day with reviewing metrics of what uh, how have your products are doing looking at customer feedbacks uh, maybe you schedule a couple of calls with customers and then you of course you you of course have uh, different calls with with the different stakeholders and teams you work with uh, and and of course you are presenting strategy for next few months and you are working on the road map of sorts so I, i hope it it gives you a longish answer to the question you asked Yeah, yeah it was very elaborate and uh, you covered everything and i really appreciate that so yeah, the, i remember i was talking to a friend of mine and she's a pm uh, at amazon mm-hmm. and uh, i asked her like what's the most important trait a product manager should have she was like oh besides the knowledge and the like companies in general prefer experienced pms the most important trait she was like it's quite simple learning how to say no to ideas from others without dissuading them and i was like really is that the most difficult trait to amass and boy was i wrong i i i i judged her heavily that time and uh, <laughs> now that i am a rookie pm i understand how challenging it can be to say no so what are the traits which you look out for in a pm say you were to hire a pm right so uh, i mean i i kind of like the answer your friend gave but i'll i'll give a slightly different flavor to it uh, instead of say saying no I, of course there there's a popular term called influencing without authority right so that is what i kind of look out the most for of course as a pm you don't have all the authority in the world so it's about how well can you influence your different stakeholders you work with to either say no to getting them probably uh, deliver earlier than promised or uh, or take up tasks that that are not entirely on their plate probably uh, it's someone else's work and you are you still need to get it done so you are kind of moving those tasks whatever it is when you when you are in a execution mode you have tons of things that don't go as planned how well you are able to navigate through that how well you are able to influence teams to look at the bigger picture to look at the customer and uh, get the best product out of the teams you have right so that is the most important trait in my opinion i'll definitely remember that next time when i'm uh, applying at a higher role in pm and uh, how uh, moving on to the next topic road maps how important are roadmaps and would you say product managers should incorporate constraint thinking while making a roadmap 
Um, okay, so even even roadmaps, of course, depending on the stage of company, it it varies. So I'll give a small example, right? Uh, at at my one of my previous companies, say Origo, it was at that scale where the company couldn't think anything beyond one year. And the the, the CEO himself used to say uh, that. Uh, don't tell me a feature will come in two years. Either tell me it is in your one-year roadmap and it, it's planned for this quarter or tell me it will come in the future or it may not come in the future. So at this, you are at that stage where you can only think of one year ahead. Whereas uh, when I was with a much bigger company uh, before, I could think as much as five years ahead of time. Right? And, and that's a whole different uh, change. For example, when you're looking at one year, you are you are looking at, okay, where is my product not right? Where am I not winning deals? Uh, if I'm talking about B2B kind of companies, right? Uh, where is my competition getting ahead? And, and for that, within one year, if you were to improve this product to say win better deals, to give better customer satisfaction, what should I build? So that's how my roadmap is built. Whereas, if I'm looking at a five to 10 year kind of picture, say Amazon, Microsoft, or th these big companies kind of do that. Uh, you are you are looking at a different world. You are looking at say, uh, is metaverse gonna happen? If that's gonna happen, how, say for example, if you're Microsoft, if metaverse is happening, how should you build for metaverse? So it's it's that level of thinking that you you should have when, when you go into uh, bigger companies and having bigger roadmaps. So, and, and that's how your scale also changes. For example, if you're looking at one year roadmap for a smaller company, uh, maybe a simpler product or feature is going to be in your roadmap and your customers want that. Whereas if you're a bigger company, your roadmap kind of talks about much higher level. For example, uh, I, I'm going to build teams for, uh, uh, for, for colleges and uh, school workplace, for example, right? So, I'm talking about Microsoft Teams for colleges and schools. Whereas uh, if, if it were a much smaller company, it would be, okay, in Teams, uh, I'll have virtual background as a feature. So roadmaps, you should think at what stage your company is in. What is, so uh, you, your other stakeholders are saying, of course, your uh, business analysts tell you one thing, your uh, customers will tell you one thing. Your management might have different plans for you. It's about how well you are able to take all of that, prioritize, and think at the scale at which your company is in. Okay, uh, I, I hope that kind of gives you a sense of how you should think about roadmaps. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'll I'll make sure and incorporate the pointers you just gave while making a while making my next roadmap. So continuing on the same thread of roadmaps, uh, I'm a PM intern, and while making roadmaps. I see to it that I cover all bases, you know, which include questions like, okay, what is our product vision? What value does the product offer? How will our product improve things for our customers? And who will use our product? What questions would you say must be included in a roadmap? Uh, there are definitely good places to start. Now, I mean, it. so you start with divergent thinking which basically is for each of these questions, right? Uh, what value does your product offer? Or, or if, if you were to say, improve one thing in the product, what should it be? Uh, hmm. If you were to invest X amount of dollars uh, in, in product this year, what, what should that be? And what, what is our 80, 20 uh, usage looks like, which basically hmm. means uh, which 20% of the features are 80% are customers using. Now there's a decision on whether I need to double down on these features or these features are good enough that we need to start focusing on other 80% of our features and increase adoption for that. So it's, it's a lot of strategic questions that you need to ask at this point of time, which means uh, first, of course, ask, ask a lot of questions and then back a lot of it by data. What, what is your data telling you? And look at the goal or vision the company has and how, how product team needs to align for that. And uh, of course, what's your say uh, idea backlog like? I mean, a lot of companies these days take ideas from customers using tools like AHA or uh, I think Pendo does some of it. So 
Hmm. Now, what what are your customers asking you to build, and how well you are able to incorporate that, and uh, maybe have innovation lever again depends on the company's core values, right? If if a core value is customer acquisition or innovation, how how are hmm. you able to incorporate all of these uh, in your product roadmap? For example, all of us famously know that Google asks its teams to spend twenty percent of time working on something cool, uh, which is not say their regular deliverable, and a lot of amazing products came out of that. that's because google score values innovation yeah yeah so yeah these are some of the questions of course so one should ask so follow up question which i would like to ask on roadmaps is i mean each stakeholder has their own set of motivations and interests so uh, you know their definitions of success may not be the same as the other stakeholders so how do you say a pm should assess uh, with stakeholders and you know the preferred metrics which they have truly matter the most uh, yeah that that's one of the most difficult uh, questions right so uh, let let's take an example here uh, you let's say you're working with two teams you're working with a customer success team who is working with existing clients and those clients gave uh, customer success team a set of features they want in the product okay so that's one set then you have uh, Uh, say you are sales teams who give demos of the product and try to win customers so they give you a set of features where we are lacking and where our competitors are better at uh, so and and a lot of times these two places are entirely different and then you have say your uh, top management coming in and asking you okay build these kind of features add ai ml to our product etc so you you have three different things coming from three different stakeholders and for you all the three are important you can't uh, say you can't say that okay i want to win all the sales deals and i'll only incorporate all the sales features and say no to existing customers that's a sure shot way to go go bust in the company right so it's about clearly communicating at a top management level what our current priorities are in terms of okay we are at a growth stage we want to acquire a lot more users so significant bandwidth will go to sales uh, cycles which means our our say win rate right now is uh, x percent and we want to take it up to y percent which means you need to incorporate these top five features in our roadmap no matter what so that that certain prioritization for you and similarly you are looking at retention rate of say x percent to achieve that you need to incorporate these three features and uh, so they they are also going into your priority metric and then uh, say to 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 differentiate ourselves or to look at lo- bigger picture of our product we need to add say ai ml capabilities for example now that uh, comes as a maybe even there you 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 may pick up one or two or few more features and how you kind of spread it out through quarters through years is going to be important uh, so my answer is based on the priorities of the company the kind of goals are okay as it's setting how will that translate to product roadmap is is how your roadmap is going to be built oh, uh, I, what, yeah yeah you definitely covered uh, you know like you answered like my question to the core and i really appreciate that uh one question i have like which i've been having for some time is like although uh through experience i've realized like maybe that not be the right strategy but i would really love to hear your take on this so same working on a product roadmap so can can my road product roadmap also double as a release plan like i understand that a release roadmap you know it's a uh, more on the technical and granular side but a product roadmap uh, it basically shows the direction of the product and the organization so would you say we like you know i can double it as a release roadmap as well um see it it's uh, it's different release in fact a lot of products are not uh, single products right i mean uh, yeah. each company has different products and each of them have different release timelines and uh, release stuff so a product roadmap should give the direction in which these releases should happen and a lot of times it so happens that uh, certain releases get delayed or uh, uh, stuff like that happens so that's when you need to look back at your roadmap and align uh, how how things should go and and in fact in early stage companies it happens so often 
that uh, roadmaps people change because uh, because markets change something happened so you must incorporate uh, some item which means either you need to add teams to build that or you need to realign your priorities and say okay i'm not going to build this because certain other thing came came up and that's where uh, your support from say chief product officer or founders uh, plays a, a very important role um so short answer is release roadmap kind of should align with your broader product roadmap or hmm. see broader product roadmap is a strategy bit of it and release roadmap is the execution bit of it and if if your execution is happening as your strategy is dictating it nothing better than that but in real world hmm. it it's not like that so it's about how well you are able to realign your strategy with respect to your execution is how things go forward so one more question regarding roadmaps that i have is like why can't i just use a product backlog without a product roadmap like i understand smaller company the backlogs you know they often start as soon as a roadmap and and uh, while that's okay because a product backlog is almost entirely what you know we are building to accomplish in lieu to your product team vision so uh, what is your take on that um see my understanding of a product backlog is what are things we thought we'll do at some point but we haven't prioritized till now so that is backlog it can include ideas from different people it can include bugs or things that we didn't do very well it it went in the backlog it can have tech debts that that we need to uh, say revisit as as we're looking to scale that is a backlog and backlogs are stuff that a com- i mean that kind of compiled over time and so happens that a lot of times some of those uh, things are not relevant anymore the market has changed so much uh, that that your backlog is not entirely what it should be for you to build in the future so that's the difference backlog is looking into the past road map is looking into the future if say a lot of things haven't changed since the time uh, our backlog started piling up uh, you might as well incorporate a lot of things in our backlog into our roadmap that that's probably perfect but in the current world when things are changing so rapidly uh, maybe quarterly or yearly depending on your cycle of the company you need to realign and see okay is our backlog making sense or should we refine it and do something else and that's how your roadmap is built make sense Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now the final question for for the roadmap section is like, how often you know you think should one update the product roadmap? I mean, I understand that meetings with stakeholders uh, they happen either twice a month, monthly or quarterly, and they're all like common benchmarks to help you know aligning the teams with regards to the product roadmap. So, um, what would you again? Say? See, uh, it also depends on stage of company. Let's say we are talking about a mid-sized company with which kind of achieved its product market fit and moving forward. So, in those cases, you you should of course look at the cycle in your industry. For example, I mean, are you are you someone who can have yearly roadmaps? Again, a lot of teams, good teams I work with, look at it on a yearly basis. Uh, right, and I mean, you have a roadmap defined for the year, which you are reviewing every quarter uh, as to what went right, what didn't go well, anything that needs change, and uh, if if it's changing, how will it really impact the whole roadmap? Right, so that is a standard or uh, best practice that I can think of. Whereas, uh, of course, say something like COVID happened, or any any. instance happened that you didn't foresee then you should uh, of course revisit your roadmap and realign the whole uh, theme around which your company is operating so uh, that that's my take one year roadmap with quarterly updates or and 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 kind of revisit it when when something unexpected really happened Wow, a yearly roadmap like uh, that is like I mean, lot of planning in advance. Because in general, the small scale companies that I have been a part of, they think on a quarterly basis. Like that's the highest amount of period. 
they plan their product roadmaps in advance from yeah i mean uh, that, that which is why i said i mean if you're looking at a uh, say comp product that achieved its product market fit and and uh, and and see that's when you kind of start being predictable your customers will kind of expect what are you delivering in in next few months or weeks etc so that they can also plan their businesses around it especially you, if you are catering to businesses like b2b saas kind of places right so that's when yearly roadmaps are helpful but if you are still at your early stage uh, then of course quarterly roadmaps make sense so uh, if so it it aligns with what i had in my previous companies also uh, i mean the bigger companies or uh, say origo even cisco all of them have operate on a yearly basis whereas the smaller b2c startups they consulted they in fact they didn't have as much as something called a roadmap they had okay mm-hmm. this is what my mvp should look like and this is my focus for this quarter like uh, this is what these, these are the okas and this is what we are working on like they don't really call it road map they just call it tasks for the quarter or okr <laughs> oh more like a plan of action or something of that yeah. sort yeah 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 so okay now the next question you don't have to name which company and the person as well but uh, what is the one thing which a particular stakeholder did that really threw you off or annoyed you per se um that that's an interesting question i mean see one thing that that i really hate uh, that kind of throws me off a lot of times it's not just one time that happened it happens a lot of times is when someone who interacts directly with the client goes ahead and commits to stuff they can't i mean they think they can deliver but without uh, say communicating to product teams or or getting getting a buy in and that happens a lot of times given uh, how how the market is right uh, you, uh, the 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 sales folks who aren't say very experienced etc kind of uh, make these mistakes where where they commit to customers on certain things without proper consulting uh and and then customers start expecting and and uh, that that's when things start going haywire so it it happened a lot of times and uh sometimes you need like founders or ceos intervention go go meet the customer and tell what went wrong why can't they deliver and uh, sometimes uh, it it comes back to product as well and sales as well right as to why do you do stuff like this especially when companies are growing uh, uh at scale uh, mistakes like this happen processes are not set up uh, well and and because of that stuff like this happen oh i've definitely experienced that myself as well and it really really pissed me off because the whole planning that was done previously was like it goes down the drain essentially and then you have to console the other people as well like we really apologize if this this happened so and so forth. so i i definitely understand what is saying right now i have personally yeah. experienced it so moving on to the next uh, topic which is design thinking and creativity how important would you say design thinking is for a pm I- i'll be honest right lot of places i worked i did not have the best of ideas or creative ideas it's about how you are able to create a space where you can show these are the problems and how can we solve it and and inter- get ideas from different kinds of people all stakeholders and uh, yeah that's when you can you can see what what your customers would do the best so design thinking all i mean you look at a problem and give a solution that is what rookie folks do and and that won't work which is why frameworks like design thinking start uh helping right where you kind of uh, know your problem statement better you understand your customers better and without directly implementing you kind of start validating whatever ideas come across and uh, and, and then go to market when once you know you tested it out enough and and it will work right um so having some process in which you will release your features will definitely help and design thinking is one of the proven process there uh, and and if if your question is say uh, should pms 
be the ones who who should do that creative thinking or design thinking my answer is no you should be the one who is facilitating it at the end of the day you are tasked with giving the best solution uh, for for both the customer and the business and you may not be the right one who who knows all the things uh, but you should be the one who is orchestrating that happens mm-hmm. right so yeah uh, short answer yes it's important but uh, but again you don't need to own it you need to facilitate it yeah so uh, as an engineer the number one question that i'm asked is like does one need a coding or a development background to be a pm or any tech background in general i mean see for me it helped okay like i said i i am a developer turned pm in fact i did a transition within the company i worked and a oh. lot of uh, friends of wearing pm this is the most common transition they get uh, that that internal transition or say an mba and then transitioning into a pm uh, yeah. but how much of it do i really use in my work if i am talking about a company or like a technical company uh, or, or like a cloud ops kind of company etc Uh, you should you should come from a tech background otherwise you it, nothing will really make sense to you uh, but if you are say in a uh, consumer tech kind of company or or a company where technology is is not as hard uh, right you can you don't need to be a tech guy you can uh, take help of the people around you who are say engineering managers developers etc who knows the stuff all you need is to ask the right questions and make sure that that people are not taking in you in for a ride i mean if someone comes to you and says this feature can be done because of xyz uh, and and just because you're not able to understand it that that's not the right thing right uh, so you should at least have a sense of technology you should know what apis are or what uh, say some tech stacks are so that you are able to make better decisions and and you are able to better empathize with your engineering stakeholders yeah and like like you said right now that you yourself transitioned from one role to another like specifically you know getting into product so mm-hmm. would you say uh, that uh, transitioning into product within the company is an easier route as compared to <laughs> start like you know applying into product directly depends on company to company to be honest some companies encourage the culture of ijp internal job postings where uh, they kind of open up pm roles for anyone to come in uh, whereas some companies don't see it that way uh, so if you are in a company that that opens up such ijps then best way is to go talk to your pms or director of product whoever is kind of reachable to you get a sense of what they would look for for someone to be in their team uh, and and probably work on it for next few months and once the igp comes go ahead and apply just because because you have had the conversation because you know what they're looking for and you kind of develop that skill set it becomes easier for the transition and otherwise the the i mean another common way of doing it is uh, go on a break take an mba uh, and and then get get a switch that that's another common way that i see ha huh, now uh, as you mentioned the an mba would you say an mba is essential for anyone who wants to uh, break into product is it essential the answer is no is it helpful the answer is yes uh, for example uh, i was a product manager before mba and my thought processes before mba were not as elegant as it is now say mba kind of teaches you a bit about everything and pm is a generalist role you should know a bit about operations you should know a bit about finance a bit about uh, uh, say tech ux ui all strategy all of it right and and mba kind of it it's normal in an mba for you to go through all these courses and to think in all these uh, disciplines whereas before that i had to i had to get someone to tell me uh to actually think from think in x direction or y direction and your business sense certainly improves after an mba so is it helpful definitely yes is it essential the answer is no you can you can kind of gain these skills on the job 
yeah uh, like like you just mentioned like one can gain the skills on the job and uh, i believe that 70 20 10 rule which is like 70% it depends on experience 20% it depends on the insights you have while you are uh, while you are on the job and 10% is on the learning that is what i guess uh, holds to specifically for pms yeah yeah it it does hold true man i i read about that rule and it's it's so true right yeah definitely uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. so uh moving on to the next section of uh, you know this section comprises agile scrum and waterfall so like scrum has different rules and practices i personally haven't noticed you know a single organization that follows scrum to the t so is there something i'm missing out on or is this true no that is that is true uh, uh, see scrum or in fact any framework offers you a set of tools or best practices for you to go ahead and and improve your effort. efficiency right uh, so most organizations i work with for example one of the companies i worked with had a, a two week sprint kind of model and as we moved forward it was it was becoming more and more stressful and and people were not happy people uh, were like okay every two weeks there there's a release and releases are stressful right so they kind of realized this and and changed to a three week model where we are we are working on a 3 week sprints releases are happening 3 weeks the amount of work the feature development everything is happening in a similar way oh, but 3 weeks kind of give you enough breathing space between releases right so it it depends on different factors what works for your business what works for your teams uh, and and there's a people angle to it so a lot of times these frameworks right they don't take care of people angle it it just hmm. talks about operations efficiency etc and and that's not true right at the end of the day you, you, you today you know uh, how much culture or work life balance play the role yeah. and and your processes should adopt uh, in a similar way and that that why a lot of companies change uh, processes in a way that that works for them and and yeah i mean uh, i work in in agile teams there where there were one week releases because it's needed at that early stage of a company yeah okay yeah and continuing on the same agile scrum and waterfall section do companies still follow waterfall i mean isn't it much harder to adapt to the market feedback after you know building the entire product not really they do uh, see think about a hardware product okay let's say you got a feedback you can't really change it then in fact a lot of hardware products still follow waterfall model uh, and okay okay think of say alexa right um if if you get a client requirement saying okay alexa should be functional even in uh, say minus 10 degree centigrade and and your current model does not operate for that it doesn't mean uh, okay you adopt you change some materials and and you improve the product because it's hard what you do is you release what you have and you kind of build a different model like you a version which is why you see soft software sorry hardware products come with different versions i mean i'm not talking about software versions i'm talking about uh, uh, say iphone comes in black red whatever colors right and and it comes with with a certain feature without certain feature with certain ram etc so that's because uh, you can't have one product suitable for all needs and once you start development a new thing comes up you can't uh, produce it so you change your model you uh, you process that water flow waterfall where you freeze requirements at a certain point and you start working you build it you deliver it whatever new requirements came in you kind of add it to your next product in a similar roadmap does that make sense yeah yeah definitely 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 and uh, since you worked at both a startup as well as a major corporation besides the resource allocation and the size of the team how would you say the role for pm differs it's um, so yeah resource allocation is one uh, but it's about the problems you are you're solving for example at at a smaller startups you are completely free for experimentation you can you can pretty much say okay this is not working out i'll scrap it i'll build a new thing and deliver uh, 
whereas once you you have scale once you have different people using you uh, it it becomes different so you might be working on a much smaller piece but that's impacting billions of users uh, and and you take pride in that for example say i i know a pm who works in microsoft bing team and his core responsibility is to handle the password manager there which basically means uh, it it's a very small thing in a much bigger uh, company and and product uh, but a small change there impacts billions of people whereas say if you, if you take a much smaller startup uh, it, it you have much bigger role to play i mean the kind of impact you make uh, it's very much visible but you have very small number of people who are really using it so it's it's, it's a balance between both and and that's how your uh, uh, role also changes because bigger companies come with much larger processes because you can't have uh, uh, i mean someone come in and change the whole thing uh, in that that's kind of breaking things for a lot of users which is why there are processes to follow whereas in startups these processes are to a minimum yeah so now i would like to know this uh, what is the one product that wows even you um yeah i mean uh, see one one if you were to ask me my favorite product of course there are a lot but one of them is uh, google maps hmm i mean it's it's brilliant like today say i've been living in uh, bangalore for a while now and i still don't know anything in bangalore i i just uh, open maps go where i want to go book uber or or so and and the best part about google maps is it's it's solving a very important problem at scale it has both b2b and b2c kind of model which means uh, of course they they are monetizing on different levels they they are doing it through apis they are doing it through uh, showing ads of sorts in your for for you but it's not very intrusive you kind of like it when when you're going and it shows a different icon for dominos uh, so that you can you can just click on it and go to dominos and eat it so everything about the product the utility of it the the way it's evolved uh, I, i mean I, i don't know if if you've done this say car travel with google maps or when you are kind of walking on it the way it takes crowd input to tell you if certain road is blocked so it's it's reliable it's uh, useful and and it's well engineered product in my opinion right so it it it, ha- it ticks all lot of boxes for me on what a good product should do uh, i have used uh, google maps while walking and this thing so yeah i definitely do agree with the fact that uh, the weight incorporates every single tidbit is what makes it such an amazing product yeah I, i i do agree with what you just said so uh the next question i have is like how important are you know networking and a good linkedin for a product manager okay you mean uh the the personal brand or networking through linkedin yes, 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 yes yeah um see uh, for example i've worked with brilliant product managers who rarely are active on linkedin and, and do any activity and uh, i have worked with brilliant product managers who are super active on linkedin uh, as for me i am active on linkedin and it definitely helps me i have over 1000 product managers in my network and they keep sharing articles or writing stuff about uh, uh, what what they do or challenges they face in their companies and i definitely learn a lot from them in fact uh, over the last two years is when i realized a lot of amazing newsletters and and uh, groups that exist in product management and my learning has has become multifold because of that so there is value in in the content you learn and it also helps you just say for example you're working on a problem in your company and uh, you you kind of think say one of the products out there solved it reach out to that product manager on linkedin if if you kind of were connected before it it would definitely help right so learn from each other and and take it forward right it, it definitely helps you but uh, it's not the only way also 
Yeah. Now, considering the current scenario, like, uh, you know, COVID, how would you say COVID has impacted the job of a PM? And what new strategies should PM learn, in your opinion? Um, it, this is also a long answer. Uh, see, one thing that I really miss about working from office is, as a PM, you need to work with a lot of stakeholders. And yeah. not everything should need a meeting. So at office, there are times I walk up to someone's desk and, and uh, say, ask a quick question and get an answer and move forward. Uh, whereas right now for each thing, I might have to set up a meeting. And, hmm. and that is not really good because uh, there's only certain number of meetings that you can do in a day. Uh, yeah. and, and that essentially means some of the non-important things at that point, which would have uh, gotten done at office are now becoming pending. So, uh, I mean, that, that, that's one of the biggest things. And second is, uh, I, I initially told you PMs are someone who do the influence without authority thing. Now, mm-hmm. if you are around, it's easy for people to just notice you, to, to uh, make it connect with. Of course, you would agree that uh, making connection with people is easier offline than online. Right. And, and the more you're able to do that, the better you get at influencing without authority. And that's that will hinder you a lot uh, in, in remote setting. And one last problem is about uh, the, the newer hires, right? I mean, say, for example, I'm now onboarded to a company uh, where I haven't met anyone. So it, it's hard even for uh, knowledge transfer kind of thing. or So a lot of times when you go for chai breaks or so, or you have different people telling you about their experiences working in that, in that company, a lot of informal conversations through which you learn. I mean, you not only connect with people, but you also learn a lot about how the company has evolved. Now, they, they, all of this have to take an official route. So that's the third challenge I see. Uh, now, the kind of advisors, if you ask me, are to, to bring in elements of this. For example, uh, say, connect with your teams on video call. That probably uh, adds slightly human layer to things. Of course, not mm. mandate it or, uh, or, I mean, not do it every single time so that people are, are not that what do you say, happy because remote work means there are kids around, there, there are all sorts of... Uh, uh, say non-friendly things happening in, in each other's lives. So not every time, but as much as possible, nudge users to say, uh, come on video, interact, uh, and and don't always talk about work. Sometimes just just share about how we they are doing or what's happening in each other's lives, and uh, make make that personal connect, which which you know help you in the long run. And uh, third, say kind of have offline. Uh, so, I mean, offline meetup, if that's possible, of course, do it. If that's not possible, just have dedicated times and calls for just team bonding or chilling or uh, say, have lunch with the team. Maybe all of you do a swiggy to each other and uh, and have lunch together or have, say, coffee together online. You know, maybe try to create yeah. space that decreases that gap and, and probably have a theme for each conversation, right? Sometimes maybe it's about life. Sometimes it's about your experiences in a company or what are the new stuff you are learning. So all this, of course, is, is a lot around uh, how the company is building its culture too. But if the company is not doing it, you can do it in, in your own capacity, in your own uh, teams you work with. Yeah. And continuing on the same thread, what would you say is the future of PM? Continuing the changing circumstances. It, see, uh, we have seen throughout years, the collaborative component of work has just increased. And, and that is brings in need for uh, some generalists like PM who can, who can uh, get the ship together and keep moving and define the direction for it. Uh, so I kind of see PM getting into a... Uh, standard role for example uh, think of an fmcg company where people kind of join as a management trainee uh, do certain thing and slowly 
uh, scale up to say brand manager of or stuff right i mean that that kind of happens in nestle or companies like that in fact that's what's happening with pms these days where you have apm programs happening and you have fixed career transitions from apm to say a chief product officer in in its own way right so uh, i i see things like that getting standardized even further and and uh, that that also means a lot of companies today use apm pm1 pm2 senior pm etc uh, etc et so that also kind of gets defined in the industry and uh, yeah your your role on collaboration will just keep increasing as you have more and more teams for example uh, the the hot thing right now is community right i mean th- there are uh, different communities that are coming up which means uh, say for example you are a pm and for your product there there are certain customer communities as well uh, which means more more collaboration some community manager is also will also be there who is a new person you need to collaborate with and like that a lot of new things will open up and uh, and a lot of innovation happening around which means as a pm you need to watch out more as to what new things are happening and how will your product be relevant to that so that will also keep keep increasing and and one one last thing is uh, slowly the specialization also will will increase what i mean by that is say today a lot of companies have general product managers they don't have say product growth manager product marketing manager uh, data pm ai pm etc so that will start increasing uh, because because right now generally pm is a generalist role uh, but slowly i see it moving to a generalist with one specific depth that you have maybe in data maybe in ai maybe in tech maybe in design maybe in uh growth marketing etc so i think that's also one trend that we'll see in the future yeah i mean this is definitely something which uh, i guess anyone in general can speak on ours about but uh, i really appreciate the way you elaborated and articulated it within a few sentences and for any pm rookie like me this is like this is gold literally so like this is something which we really can keep in mind while we are applying for roles or maybe just in general to gain more knowledge regarding product in general so there you have it folks mr pushpak make sure you all re- uh, reach out to him and connect with him on linkedin as you can see he's a very friendly person and very knowledgeable he'll definitely help you out in whatever way possible thanks for joining in mr pushpak i really really appreciate this i uh, I, i i mean i really appreciate the insights you provided regarding product management and product in general with regards to roadmaps with regards to uh, agile scrum waterfall and in general what can a rookie pm do to become a better pm so thank you i really really appreciate this yep thank you i mean the pleasure is mine really had fun having this conversation chalo <laughs>